here at Awakening the Wise Woman, we know what it's like to start the year with a big, audacious, exciting goal in mind and get to mid-February and realize we've made zero progress towards it. That's why this year we're inviting you to join us in our Awakening Your Goddess Mindset free workshop series at the end of February. This is an opportunity to understand more about yourself and how you work and how to make meaningful change your way. We'd love to see you there. Hi, and welcome to She Is Wise, a podcast dedicated to braver, bolder, bigger conversations for women who want to change the world. I'm Ellie Bell, an empowerment coach passionate about supporting women to show up in the world as their best version of themselves. I'm a former corporate executive with a background working in professional sport and a qualified life coach working with women for the past four years. I've got two gorgeous little girls, which are the reason I'm so determined to change the way women are in the world. I have an incredible husband who encourages, supports and shapes my work in ways that prove that men have to be part of the solution. And I'm Erin Hodson, a psychic medium and spiritual healer who believes that for the world to be a place I'm grateful and proud to leave for my two young sons, change is necessary and that change must be led by women. My work is deeply rooted in ancestors and understanding who we come from and who we can become. I love exploring the spirituality of who we are and the intersection of that with our human experiences. We're two women who grew up on opposite sides of the world, but when we met, instantly recognized each other as kindred spirits, ready to make meaningful change in ourselves, each other, and the world around us. Now is the time for women to be brave, vulnerable, and bold, to explore what is really true for us and how we can make meaningful change in the world. Join us as we dive passionately into conversation about things that really matter, share lighthearted banter with each other, and dare to challenge what we've been told we can do, have, and be as women. Hello and welcome to another episode of She Is Wise. Today we are diving into the whole big, wonderful, enjoyable space of emotions. Um, and we really want to talk about how you can manage emotions from a place of power. This is something that comes up a lot with clients is actually like emotions feel really big and feel really scary. And I guess we kind of want to make them not feel like that and know that there are some ways of really being able to manage them and being able to use them for good, because that's what they are at the end of the day. They are absolutely a tool for good. And the more that we're able to identify them and understand them, the easier life becomes, to be perfectly honest. And it's certainly something I spend a lot of time with my um, five-year-old and my two-and-a-half-year-old talking about emotions and how we feel and all of that good stuff. And the wonderful thing is that they are like a live project for me to see how it changes and how it improves. And when they are able to identify it and understand a bit more about what's going on, like everything is so much easier. So um, emotions are like my completely my thing. I, I love emotions. I love feelings. And just to very quickly like start off, we're going to talk about like what are emotions? So my understanding and my belief system around it is emotions are very much this subconscious feeling that we have. It's that they're generated subconsciously. They are um, they happen because of situations and they're very, very personal. So the way I react to something, the emotion that comes up from an event might be totally different to to what Aaron would experience. And then feelings are the obviously the other bit of this, and we'll use the words interchangeably, but they are slightly different. Feelings are the conscious experience of emotional reactions. So it's that's the that's the bit that we are really aware of. But Erin, emotions, how do you feel about them? Oh man, as a, a Pisces moon, emotions are pretty hard sometimes. Um actually I think for me 
like when you're talking about, you know, the subconscious and the conscious, I think emotions for me are a very human thing. I don't think I buy into the concept of like a tree having emotions or, you know, other animals necessarily having emotions in the way that we understand emotions to be. I think, I definitely think they feel, um, but I'm not sure that that feeling is a, is a, an emotional thing. I think as humans, we, our emotions are like all of the stories and all of the energy and all of that stuff that we kind of ball together and say, actually, all of that stuff created this thing and I'm going to name it and it's going to be an emotion. So, yeah, does that answer your question? Like, it's a little bit complicated. Theory. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not, I'm a, a very emotional person. Like I said, I'm a Pisces moon, so, you know. Well, I can totally top trump your emotions. I'm water, 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 double Scorpio with a Cancer moon. Beat that for emotions. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess it depends as well on where you place those emotions, right? Like I'm I'm the person who cries at advertisements on the television. I make myself cry all the time just thinking about certain things. Um, you know, whereas I think some people who are highly emotional can tend to be, you know, less in that sort of expression of emotion in that form and maybe a little bit more um intense emotion around um, high energy or anger or, you know, like it, I think it, it depends on where your emotional self feels most rooted as to how you express those emotions. But that's probably for later in the conversation. Um, I'm going to ask you first, uh, well, probably second now, Do, have you always been able to express your emotions? Have you always been able to understand where they've come from? Or is that something that's that's happened in more recent years with the work that you've done personally? Yeah, that's definitely not an, a whole life experience for me. Um, as a child, I don't think I was very emotional at all. I was really disconnected from myself. And I, you know, I come from that, that colonial background where emotion isn't valued. And I guess I was also at, in a, raised in a familial situation where my emotions were less valuable than others' emotions. And so I learned really quickly to not bother expressing them. That didn't serve me particularly well when I, as I got older. Uh, but certainly I think for me, I've been much more connected to my emotional self and much more healthy in my emotional self um, since meeting my wife. And I think it was about re receiving that safe space to express them, to, to know them, to, to lean into them and, and have ironically someone who's quite emotionally stunted at times be the, the person that provided that space for me was pretty cool. Yeah. And I, I hear what you say about the, like the emotions growing up. Certainly I've always been very emotional, but I have learned that I learned very early on how to squash them because being emotional was very much seen as a bad thing. You know that oh you're so emotional oh you're so emotional and I re I really distinctly remember that from you know from a whole range of of people growing up and I think I very much disassociated with with lots of things I think I just shut that part of me down and spent a really really long time avoiding the hell out of emotions if I'm completely honest um, and because of that they would come out in extremes and it's interesting what you say about them coming out in sort of the anger and the frustration and 
and probably what we perceive as slightly more negative emotions, because I certainly remember as a teenager, and a lot of that was being a teenager, but being very, very fiery, like very, very explosive with um, with my emotions. They would just erupt out of nowhere. I'd kind of like manage to keep keep them down, keep them down, and then it would be just all hell would break loose. But on the one hand, they would be out very quickly, but I would get over it as soon as they're out. I'm able to deal with it. Whereas for years, I didn't realize that, you know, I, I've never been a grudge holder. I always forget if I've fallen out with someone, I can't be bothered at that whole holding on to anger, holding on to frustration on the whole doesn't really happen with me, which is quite at odds with that, that, that Scorpioness we were laughing about earlier. What I find is if the emotion comes out, if I'm able to fully express it, then actually it, it dies down very quickly. And, and that's certainly one of the things that I've learned to manage my emotions better uh, from a place where I actually feel like I've got some control. And, you know, we use the word control lightly um, in any situation because we know that one has controlling tendencies. But when I have that, when I am able to feel them, when, I'm allow- when I allow them to come out, then it actually means that they, they go a lot quicker. So they don't have that sort of they don't have that hold on me. Like if I try and squash it down, if I try not to f- feel the emotion that's coming up, if I try and really like hide it, then all it does is it eats me up inside and it just like it perpetuates stories. It Like it's just a really not a good space for me. And understanding that, you know, as I said, I'm a double Scorpio, so Scorpio, sun Scorpio rising, and then I'm a cancer moon. Like that is, there's so much watery emotion in that space. That knowing that now, I know that I have to be able to manage my emotions. I have to be able to, when I say manage, that's not push them down or hold them. It's actually allow them to come forward, allow them to do what they need to do, allow them to let me understand where I need to be focusing my work on next, what I need to be doing next. You know, they they really are an opportunity to identify what spaces do I need to be, you know, sort of delving into. But I didn't know that for a really long time. And certainly, I mean, I worked in a very male dominated environment. I worked in sport for 15 odd years and emotions were not seen as a good thing. It was very much, you know, I had to spend a lot of energy trying desperately to hold them back. And I distinctly remember one one meeting I had with um, senior management and they were all they were all guys except for me. And nobody was hearing me and nobody was listening to me. And I just felt completely like I just felt I, I was so frustrated I was so angry but it came out as tears and I remember afterwards being feeling so ashamed of myself that I wasn't able to hold my emotions in check that I wasn't able to do what I have been told for my whole life I, I should do you know keep manage your emotions you know don't let them overrun don't let them you know cause anybody else discomfort and actually the the best thing that happened from that was having a conversation with my then CEO who was an exceptional man and you know I put a lot of my career development and and, but also personal development down to his support he was very supportive and he just said he said there is nothing wrong with expressing your emotions it actually just shows how much you care and at that moment I kind of realized that it was okay it was okay to have them and I'd started doing a little bit of work you know on on myself anyway but that really kind of made me think you know what, this is this is something I can explore. I can I can learn a bit more about about it all. So they are their emotions are a are a big, big part of life. And I think when we understand that the feelings that we have, 
are just a sort of almost a manifestation of those emotions, it allows us to start to identify, you know, what, what can I learn from this? Do you agree with with what I've said or what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think emotions are an opportunity for self-regulation, right? Like when we when we connect with a particular emotion or, or we create a connection between an emotion and a particular person or situation, it allows us to understand how we are currently but also how we want to be. Um, so, you know, those, I don't want to call them negative emotions because I think all emotions serve us in one way, shape or form. But if you think about some of those heavier emotions like anger or grief um, or even, you know, those sort of shame and guilt type of emotions, when we create a connection between that and a particular situation or a particular person, we then have the choice and the power to decide whether we allow that to be the the story that we continue to write or whether that becomes the story that is being finished and we're starting a new one. Um, so, you know, grief is the perfect example for that, I think, because grief, when we think about, you know, um, so I'll use my cat as an example um, because we lost our cat just after Christmas and she was, uh, you know, a much loved permanent fixture in our home. She had been mine for 17 years. Um, and my wife and I are um, 15 years into our relationship. So um, she had always been part of our relationship and our family and our home. And, and the grief that we still are, are navigating around the cat not being here, I say the cat, cat Drew not being here is actually like that we can choose whether we go into that space of grief and allow that grief to shape what we remember of her and what we carry forward of her. Or we can choose to say, actually, by shifting that and creating a different connection, like a a loving connection and a connection where we are able to remember her in in a really positive, happy way, that changes how we engage with it it also means that we feel less sad yes we still grieve for her loss um, but the sadness that was the feeling that came with that grief that doesn't exist in the same form anymore it's dissipating over time because we're reminding us every time my wife says gosh I really miss Drew I really miss Cat Drew. Like I could, you know, at no, she used to come in at night after the kids had gone to bed for reasons that probably don't need to be explained to anyone who has animals and children. And, you know, and my wife used to open the door. She used to leave the, the curtain open so that she could see when the cat was there. And then she'd open the door for her and she still leaves the curtain open. And I said to her the other night, I'm like, do you think I can close the curtain? And she's like, do you think that that means that I've forgotten that, that Drew's that Drew was here. And I'm like, no, I don't think that means that. I think that all that means is that we're accepting that she's not here anymore, but that every time we see the curtain closed, we're still going to think of her. We'll just not feel so sad that she's not there anymore. And, um, you know, like those, the ability to navigate those emotions and create different connections, like we, we have the choice around that. Um, and I think that's something that we certainly you and I have learned later in life then would be helpful and and I think that that's almost one of the biggest challenges that we have so many preconceived subconscious connections to emotions from events that happened so long ago that often like what you've just explained around grief with um, your family is something that 
until you are able to understand where emotions have come from is really difficult to do. So because actually when you experience an emotion, it automatically takes you back to a, a previous connection. Like they, they're so often deeply embedded in other things that we've experienced. So you actually have to be able to like disassemble the, the systems that you've got in place that, that connect to all of these things. So actually being able to do that is is what can help you, you know, manage them better is being able to. It's kind of that, you know, when if you hopefully you'll have listened to a previous podcast where we talked about being triggered or activated there will be situations where an emotion comes up completely subconsciously because of a because something has happened and actually being able to identify that and being able to sort of almost disconnect the wires so that the emotion and the and the experience are almost like unconnected is actually what needs to be able to happen in order for you to be able to create new pathways around those emotions. But that can feel really painful. And I think the first step that I always suggest to clients and and women that we work with is that you have to be able to allow yourself to feel. And this is, you know, we're teaching our children. So, you know, the next generation. And honestly, like the words that Emily has around how she feels and she's so comfortable saying actually that really hurts my feelings or I feel like this and and all of these amazing words I'm just like blows my mind that she can do it already but what we're having to do is actually learn to feel the feelings like we actually have to learn to um, let ourselves be upset feel shame I mean that is just a gross feeling but we have to be able to allow it to to bubble up and rise because otherwise it doesn't go anywhere it just goes back down and we you know and it's another connection to to that feeling that experience that has brought it up is just another connection and, and that just gets heavier and heavier so you know and I use this analogy a lot so I'm sure anyone who knows me will have heard it before but it's about it's like think of the power of a wave you know when you think about waves even just a gentle wave rolling up the beach how much power it would take to stop that to, to stop it from going forward. Like that's the sort of power we're having to use to hold our emotions back, to hold those feelings back. Whereas if you let it flow, if you let it go up the up the beach and then run back down again, you can see how the the energy in it goes. So anyone who's listening to this is like, I don't know how to let emotions and feelings go. I've spent so long holding them back. Imagine looking at the waves, like just look at how they, the power that comes in and then how it does go. And that is what happens with feelings. When you allow them to flow through you, they flow through you. They, they, they dissipate that the energy in them gets less. And that allows you to start to explore underneath it and being curious and kind and non-judgmental, but understand where it's come from. Because if we can start to understand where these emotions are coming from these feelings are coming from it allows us to to change the narrative and to be able to do what Evan just talked about with you know changing the messaging around those particular feelings does, does that make sense the way I've explained spoken that? like a true water sign right um let's use water as an analogy yeah I mean you said before something about um you didn't want to make other people uncomfortable by expressing your emotions and I think when we talk about self-regulation when we talk about emotional intelligence and we talk about you know being able to um, manage our emotions and I use manage as a very loose kind of term air quotes yeah (laughs) we've got air quotes going on (laughs) I think the the thing that comes up for me around that is that when we when we do something to avoid making other people uncomfortable, 
we're giving our power to them because what we're saying is actually, I'm prepared to be uncomfortable so you don't have to be. And actually, there are ways when we when we learn how to express our emotions in productive, helpful ways, when we choose different energy behind them, then actually expressing our emotions makes everybody more comfortable because we're not sitting in a, in a place we don't want to be. We're actually unpacking everything and then allowing us ourselves and the people around us to um, to choose the useful bits of that and carry them forward and acknowledge the stuff that's left behind. And I think that's the thing that like when we talk about, you know, if we're talking about managing emotions from a place of power, it's really understanding that actually expressing your emotions in a healthy way, in a way where the energy is loving and compassionate and kind to both yourself and the person receiving those emotions or holding space for those emotions to be in, that is a real place of power. Yeah, and I think one of the things just to carry on with that whole, you know, understanding, again, we've been taught that making people feel uncomfortable is the wrong thing to do. So, you know, we're, we're dealing with our own societal stuff around all of that anyway. But the thing that I've found has really helped us as a family and has helped me be able to support Emily more is by owning that the feeling belongs to me so you know I remember as a child and I remember throughout my life being like you've made me feel a certain way like putting it on somebody else like there's always been that you know you've made me feel and and we have very clear in our family that I feel it's nothing to do with how anyone else um, has made me feel. It's how I feel and being able to own that. So Emily will say, I feel angry or I feel sad. She'd never, in fact, I've never heard her say, you make me feel. She might say, you've hurt my feelings, but she's owning that her feelings are hurt. And then we can start to explore it a little bit more. And I think, so being able to always know that it's my feelings and that I I am feeling that way has been something that certainly in our relationships, in friendships, in everything has been really helpful because you get to take responsibility for it. The other thing that's really helpful is the validation. It's like, I feel really angry at the moment, but that's because, you know, the kids haven't gone to sleep when I wanted to. I wanted to do all of this and I wanted to do all of that and I haven't been able to do any of it. You know what? It's okay to feel what we feel. It's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel frustrated. It's okay to feel anything. And I think when you can validate it for yourself or for others. So, you know, what I tend to use with, with M's is like, I can see that you look, you feel really upset at the moment. You feel really cross. And I can understand that because I've told you to switch off Octonauts and you really wanted to watch one more episode of it. So I'm validating that the way she feels is totally okay. Like it's okay to feel these things. Whereas we're all taught... Um, and I'm sure many people listening to this were taught, don't feel a bloody thing. <laughs> you know, whatever you do, don't feel it. So we're having to like relearn how to do all of that stuff. Yeah, I just think it's really, it's really fascinating when we start to uncover the power that feelings and emotions have. Like they can be used for so much good and we can really change the way we show up in the world by by just owning, you know, how we actually feel. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's the key to it, right? Is when we say, um, you made me feel this way, or, you know, what you did made me feel something, we're immediately giving that person all the power, or that situation all the power, we're, t- we're diminishing our own power in inside of that space. And that never serves us, it never serves us to give away our power. 
when we keep our own power, when we maintain our sovereignty around that stuff and we um, we stand inside of our own power, we give others the permission to do the same. And um, And when we set healthy boundaries around that and say, actually, I'm not giving you my power, I feel this stuff. I feel this stuff in the context of you did this and I felt this in response. But actually, I'm choosing to feel that because that's what's coming up. I'm you didn't make me do anything, right? Then that that's a completely different energy. And I like I can feel that shift in energy just by saying it out loud. And so I think that's the the thing that like when we talk about managing emotions from a place of power, and often the people that we're working with are talking about things like that have happened in their childhood, you know, like, oh. Um, my dad made me feel this way or my mum used to do this and it made me feel this way or whatever. Being able to shift the power around that and shift the energy around that and say, actually, this is what was happening in your world and you felt this way about it, but actually like disconnect that causal link that you've created for yourself because actually that emotion exists within you anyway. And you've created a connection. You've created a link between the event or the person and the emotion. And now every time that that emotion comes up, you're strengthening that link. But if you cut that link, if you cut the cord and say, actually, that emotion, it, it's mine. I own it. I get to choose it. Um, sometimes it doesn't feel like I get to choose it, but actually I always get to choose it. We, we just really replace that, that emotional link with I've learned a lesson about what happens when I'm in that situation or when I engage with that particular person and I don't have to repeat that lesson because I've learned it now, right? We can't take lessons forward and go into a place of avoiding repeating those patterns if we hold on to the emotion because we just drag it along with us. Like fill that big bag of stuff up and just keep on dragging it behind you. It's just like it's going to get heavier and heavier. And and I think that's what I love about the work that that we do. And and I'd love you to just talk a little bit about how that you know our spiritual self can can support this change and managing it from an emotional point of view. Because I think that's that's the difference. Like we talk very much, and we've been talking very much about our humanness today, and and how these these emotions show up because they're connected to experiences that we've had as humans and um, throughout our lives. But actually there's a huge amount of stuff that's connected to way more than that. And actually when we allow ourselves to sort of dive into it, we can start to heal generationally. We can heal on a much deeper level. Like there's so much more work you can do when you actually look at the spiritual side as well as the as well as the human side. I mean, this is your wheelhouse, so I'm handing it straight over to you, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so much there though. Um, so that like, I mean, the ancestral stuff is you know, I think we see, if you look at different cultures worldwide, there are some cultures that are more prone to physical ailments like cancer, um, neurological conditions, physical ailments that, you know, arthritis and those types of things. There are definitely demographics around the world that are much more prone to that stuff. Like they're overrepresented in the statistics. And I don't think we can discount the fact that actually a lot of that is ancestral stuff that has come from being inside of that particular culture or that particular demographic and having the same patterns repeated without being broken. And you can see that. And, you know, like if you look at the little villages in Italy that have several hundred year olds hanging out, <laughs> um, or you look at some of the indigenous cultures that have 
you know, men and women that are in their sort of 70s and 80s who are still out actively engaging in preparation of food, hunting, um, cultural experiences that are necessary for the maintenance of their um, of their belief systems and their cultural practices. That's that wouldn't be possible if they if they held on to all of that stuff. So there's definitely that aspect of it, I think. But there's also that if you if you accept the belief that we are you know spiritual beings having a human experience, we've come here for a particular reason. Like we are here to learn something or some things. In particular, you can see that in your um, astrological chart, like why why you're here. Um, and we know that there's that concept of the you know the age of Aquarius, and that's why we're we've all decided to incarnate here is because we all want to be part of the awesomeness that is coming. But I think like so, if I look at my North Node as an example, what it tells me is that I'm here to learn to collaborate and cooperate with others, and that I'm here to connect much more deeply with my feminine. And I think that, you know, you can see that born out, you know, my childhood, I was really disconnected from others. I was disconnected from myself. I was highly intellectual in the way that I managed things. I wasn't connected to emotions. I didn't make friends easily. And as I've got older, I've got much more connected to my emotions, much more connected to my feminine and much more connected to others. And to the point that now I couldn't imagine growing a business with anyone but you, right? And that, I mean, there's nothing more collaborative than being married with children. Like that shit takes cooperation. <laughs> and like, we know that to survive. Um, but also, you know, I, I haven't just partnered in life. I've partnered in business. Um, and there are other things that I'm partnered in as well. And I think, you know, learning those lessons that's a spiritual thing. That's my spiritual self coming here and and requiring my human self to then go out and create experiences where I can learn those lessons and where I can, you know, resolve those emotions and that sort of thing. For a long, long time, I was heavily, I would say, not stuck, but I just lived in grief. I attracted opportunities for grief to come up. Um, I lost a lot of friends to, you know, to the spiritual realm to overseas travel and to, you know, just life situations. I lost, I, I was naturally attached more to my grandparents than I was to my, uh, my parents or my siblings. And so, you know, the first group that I've lost in my lifetime has been my grandparents. So I've, I think I've naturally attracted that emotion, but now that I've done some work around understanding that and cutting the emotional attachments that I've created to grief, I can move through it and take the lesson of actually grief is really normal and it doesn't have to be heavy and hard. All it has to be is moving and, sh and changing and shifting. As long as we do that, it will come up, but it will also dissipate. If we don't understand that, right, it's just going to stay really heavy and really hard and we're going to get stuck in it. And we're not actually going to be able to navigate a way out. And actually, just on that, we did an amazing um, conversation with a death doula. Check out that episode because that is a real, it's a great conversation about grief and death. And just, yeah, it's awesome. Jill was fantastic. And um, that episode aired last week. So if you haven't listened to it already, go and check it out. 
but yeah, you know, so I think that the, our spirituality and our connectedness with our spirituality absolutely supports our mo- emotional wellness. And, you know, and I think that's going to become something that we talk about a lot more. We're already hearing a lot more talk about emotions. Um, you know, we've got people like Brene Brown sharing her wisdom. There are, there are countless others out there talking about emotional intelligence and self-regulation and the fact that, um, you know, you feel a particular way and that's okay kind of stuff. And, and I think th- that's just going to grow as we shift into this new age of consciousness, as we shift into this awareness that actually like being an emotional being, it's just actually part of being a human. It's part of being a, a spiritual being in this human experience. And we can't actually deny that. I think that's a fabulous place to stop this conversation for, for this week because we could go on and on and on because it's something that we just absolutely know has changed our lives for the better. Being able to understand the power of emotions, stopping, stop putting them in good or bad and just accept that they are an opportunity. They might be a challenge, but within that space, there is the chance to learn to do something differently, to know more about yourself and, and all of that can only be a good thing thank you for listening let us know what you thought um like subscribe share with your friends all of that usual stuff but we would love to um love to connect so um reach out get in touch and if you want to have a conversation with us if there's emotions that are coming up for you that you just can't unpick please reach out we would love to have a conversation and support you on that journey so thank you for listening and we will see you again soon you've been listening to she is wise with ellie bell and aaron hodson If you've enjoyed this conversation, please remember to subscribe so you can join us next time. And if you haven't already, please consider leaving us a review or sharing this podcast with your friends. Thanks so much for joining us and we will catch you on the next episode.